You are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, the sports podcast for people who go outside. We are rolling another week of the NBA before we start getting into our NFL draft coverage. Uh, we might have some interesting big things bubbling up in the very near future on this pod and on various other pods. Uh, while you're listening to this, um, you've probably seen it on the social media feeds, but DAR Sports is looking to expand into the NBA, into the MLB, uh, into uh, various other sports venues. If you are out there and you think you got what it takes to provide quality podcast and stuff for our feed, and you would like to cover the NBA, MLB or the NHL, please hit us up, hit up uh, our social media accounts. We're looking to expand the team, get more stuff out there for DAR Sports Media in the near future. Tonight, we got most of the crew here. We got Taze Takes LLC. We got the Axeman, Jeff Axel. We got DAR True God all in the house, ready to talk some NBA before we get rolling into some other sports coverage. We got one more week of primarily NBA coverage. Uh, what are you guys thinking of the post- all-star break startup the NBA has had for the second half. <laughs> mm. You know, you what? Go I'm gonna let Ags go. No, I'm gonna oh. let Ags go. I don't, I don't have too much to say. That's what I'm saying. Um, well, it's been very feisty as you see Grant Williams headbutting Lester Quinones, and you got Najee Marshall and Jimmy Butler choking each other out, like. Jose Alvarado trying to fight seven-footers over scores tables. It's been competitive. You can see the playoffs is coming. Some, certain teams is starting to affect, and certain teams are starting to turn the corner. I'm noticing the Nuggets, they're starting to tighten up. They're starting to make that statement like, yo, conference still goes through us. Um, I'm noticing the Cavaliers looking a little bit shaky post-All-Star break. Um, Pelicans, they haven't really played well post-All-Star break. And we're about to see which teams are going to turn up for the playoffs, which teams are fraudulent. And I think we're at that point. Um, so it's very, very close in the Western Conference. Still impressed with what Minnesota and Oklahoma City is doing, but I think Denver, they're starting to remind everybody the conference runs through them. As far as the East, the Celtics won their ninth straight game in a row, um, winning by 10.3 points per game. Only team I really am concerned about is a healthy Knicks team in the Eastern Conference. I really don't fear Milwaukee. But it's been a lot of quality play. And I think some of these playoff play-in races are going to go down to the wire. I'm interested to see Orlando and Indiana, who gets that 6-7 seed, what happens with Miami. I'm interested to see in the West if Dallas and Sacramento, if Phoenix, what happens with that scenario. Because if Phoenix plays Dallas, Dallas is sending them boys home because Lucas sees red when he sees Phoenix. So it's been very competitive, and I'm looking forward to see how this play-in and playoff spots um, continues. Um, the NBA after after the break, it's it's been kind of it's been kind of slow. It's been kind of slow. Like it hasn't felt like that last playoff run yet. Like if you know what I mean, but. That's gonna come with time. Like that'll come probably next month, you know, March, April. That's when it really that's a get tight. April, that's the lax month. Like that's when teams pretty much got it. That's when you see a bunch of G League players scoring 20, 25. So I say March is probably the best month when it comes to uh regular season, um, you know, after the all-star break. But um 
I just want to see how this MVP race goes. I want to see how uh, I want to I want to see if they give the Jokic again or if they go a different route, like maybe uh, SGA or Luca. I feel like uh, those are the only three people that can win it. Um, Jason Tatum is probably be uh, he's probably being treated unfairly, but I do understand though because of his teammates. But he should be in the running too for sure. He's the best player on the best team. I feel like you should always be up there and be in a conversation if you're a part of that for sure. Um, I want to see how this most improved player uh race goes too. I've been hearing a lot of Kobe White. I think it's clearly Tyrese Maxey. I think he's been the the best player. Like he went from he went from third option to to star. Like you, you can argue him top thirty in the NBA right now. You know he's gonna like he's gonna keep the Sixers afloat and they're gonna go to the playoffs. Like that's that's not something easy to do. I honestly think uh I think his improvement is more important than Kobe White because the Bulls are you know they're below five hundred. They're not doing much and i know they don't really judge most improved player off of your record necessarily but i do think oh well maybe maybe recently but i think uh tyrese maxi he should pretty much run away with this especially if he keeps the sixers afloat i saw your man's in that list too though they're saying Jalen brunson the <clears throat> most improved i'm seeing that a little bit what you think about yeah. that hmm. tyrese maxi nah i dig it Tyrese Maxey, I don't think there's a lot of guys I could say over Brunson. Like, I would say Maxey for sure, Kobe White, Singoon. Like, there's a there's a few players I can I can think of that should go over Brunson. Like, you know, like what like like without being biased, Dante DiVincenzo, he's been turning up recently. I don't know. Like, it's just Corey Kisper has been playing really good basketball. Like, I don't know. I don't think Jalen Brunson should should win that. Nah, I don't think his jump was as 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 big as, as Maxi or Singoon, you know, or Kobe White, especially Kobe White. It's because he was he was Kobe White's the most improved player of the year, and nah, the only reason I don't think so. But here's the reason why: Tyrese Maxi last season averaged twenty points a game. And he was the third option. So to, to do that as a third option, if you become the second option, the average twenty five, twenty six. It's almost like you get more touches, so that's almost like something you expect to have. I feel like for Kobe White, like everybody called him pretty much trash last year, like he didn't have it. And so I think for him to go to be basically at times the best player on the floor for the Bulls, I mean, like like you you mentioned, they don't have a great record, but at the same time, I feel like for Maxi to average twenty and then Harden leave. And then you add you add a couple more points. Like remember, I think didn't Ja win most improved player or something like that? But he averaged like twenty one year, and he averaged twenty five the next or something yeah. like that. I can't, I can't. And it's like the most improved. I was like, they just wanted to give him that because they, you know, I like I didn't I didn't think that made sense because he, to me, I thought he was already great. And it's like when you say most improved, I feel like you going up a couple ticks and scoring because you become the second option doesn't necessarily mean you're most improved. You were already. You have a twenty the year before. He was already he already had it. It's just you give him a bigger role, bigger option. Um, you know, making a better option. It is what it is. I feel like Kobe White completely eradicated all the noise about him. And even though he still has his moments now, you know, uh, especially before the All Star break and post All Star break, he hasn't had no breakout. But like in that first couple months, that stretch, I thought he was going to run away with it. 
you know, I was like, I thought he's gonna run away with it. And then I started seeing people say Maxi. And I I guess for me, I was just like, well, Maxi was third option average 20. Like he's second option average 25, 26 a game now. Like that, you know. And it's like he's the number one option right now while Embiid is out. And the Sixers, they're still gonna probably make the playoffs, but they're consistently dropping games. So it's kind of like, you know, if they didn't get that head start with to with the guy who was to me the MVP uh prior to getting hurt, you know, what would this team look like with Tyrese Maxey as the number one option at the beginning of the season? He might have scored a lot of points, but you know, like They'd I don't know. Where the Bulls are for sure. The Bulls yeah, that's what I'm saying. They be where the Bulls, Bulls are. And the Bulls got but, a better roster. They got all them them all-stars in their team. I who, think it's harder to go from third wait, 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 to wait. star. What? I know I know the man who hasn't made a career out of calling certain people old and saying, look at that roster. It's nothing but old motherfuckers on the Bulls. It, it is, but I'm just saying, like, they I mean, you got Zach Levine, like and and DeMar Rosen and, and Vucevic, you shouldn't you shouldn't have like the, you shouldn't have 27 wins. You shouldn't be 27-30 with them on the team. Well, there's two things for the Bulls, right? There's two things. They suck on defense because who's their defensive guy? Alex Caruso? That's it. That's that's your that's your defense. Kobe White is not what you consider a great defense. He's not, he's definitely not like an all-defense guy. DeMar DeRozan has not been a defensive guy his entire Zach Levine is not uh Vucevic is not a defensive guy. I, you can go down, you know, the list of, the, of that roster. They don't have a a defensive minded roster, so that's all, and that's always going to be the case. Like you could look at other teams. You could look at like the Lakers. The Lakers got hella talent. The Lakers just recently got over five hundred. The Warriors got some good talent. They, I mean, they're in the West, so it makes it a little bit of a difference. They just got over five hundred. Even when you look at the Suns struggled this year up until a certain point. So it's like if you're not defensive minded and you you will be in that playing spot, you know the Rockets. Uh, Rockets about to you know about to play while we while we doing this, and they were they were rolling at one point in the season. You know they were like fifth, sixth, seventh, and now they dropped to like eleventh or twelfth. And you know I I think so. Another player I don't know if he would count for most improved, but I feel like he's he's taking taking the leap. And it's Jabari Smith. For Houston Rockets, I feel like he was he was already decent. I saw your face, your face crunched up. I didn't like that. <laughs> Jabari Smith is yeah, playing the number two pick. Sengun, like literally, like no, no. He ain't give me what I need for that. number two pick, man. No, 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 no. He's not. He's he's not. I think he's improved based on what he did the last before. I feel like you know. I feel like Jabari Smith is 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 doing better than he was doing before. I think if he was on a team where he didn't have to. There's Jalen Green, there's Fred Van Vliet, there's Dylan Brooks, there's Singoon. Like, where is he going to have the opportunity to go and get you 20 and 10 every night? It's if just he not. was so good, he would get his. They drafted him in the top three. If he was that good, if he was really like that, man, look at him. Get his. Like, there's a lot of games when I'm watching them. He's he looks like just a guy out there. He just and sometimes there. where he'll turn that corner, I'm like, yo, we really locked up on that play. Or, but like, it's a lot. But but where he was picked at, he ain't delivering. I'm a believer. I am a Jabari Smith believer. I, I am a why. believer. Wow. Because I don't think because I don't think anybody else. When I look at the rest, man, of he the new Joe Smith. Well, that's part of like solid role player, pick dumb high. Yo, I I don't think he's a star. No, I don't think he's a star. I don't definitely don't think he's a star. But I he feel should like, be. 
he's not a star, but you don't get picked third overall to to be a role player. Damn near had, bench, look, like uh, off the bench. This is a guy who went out there. And he had what twenty two and sixteen against the Suns. I think he went against the Thunder and had probably like twenty and something, twenty seventeen. I think it was something twenty and seventeen, something like that. I feel like without a, with Jalen Green and, and and Fred Van Vliet not taking the majority of the offense because that's the majority of the offense uh, and Singoon, but it's like Singoon is is the best player on the team, you know. But I feel like Jabari Smith could be number the number two best player over Jalen Green. I don't over Fred I, Van. Vliet. I think that was the worst potential. statement I've heard you say. Like I'm not gonna lie. I mm. think he could. He's no. shooting. He's like he's a power forward shooting 37 percent from three. Right, he's averaging like fourteen and nine. He could be next to Singoon the second best player. Jalen, I think Jalen Green is dog butt. I think Jalen Green is dog butt. I think he's trash. I think Fred VanVleet is overpaid. This is the problem, Dylan Brooks. Like this is the problem. It's it's the team he's on. I think. I feel like. I feel like he'd be. You know. But if you're drafted that high, you get yours. Like I've never heard of that. He got he got to start. Day one, he's been starting. You like they don't you don't draft someone in the top three. You don't use that pick on a role player. He's a role player, like for sure. Like, Given opportunities, yeah. Like, like, that's no, 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 he started not, not that. Whole... You, get I yours. agree with that. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think he is um, a role player, but I think coming into this league, most people playing the four are going to be that. In my opinion, personally. I don't see I don't see superstars like coming into the league now that I see is like if you watch like high school and colleges I don't see people with the four that I'm like yo he gonna be he gonna be the guy one so of his classmates I, are Paolo's cooking yep what his, <laughs> his his draft classmate is Paolo's uh, clear point three seven five don't forget Jabari almost went number one that'd have been a Jabari should I yeah, think Jabari would have had to fire everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Look, I think Jabari went too high. I've, I've, I thought that. I thought he went too high from jump. But I think it was more so. Honestly, I think it was more so just. Uh, his upside. I think people saw his upside more so than you know his potential more so than anything, which is what you draft off off anyway. But I, I still think like this is not a guy that. You know what is this? Second second year, right? Second, second year. year. It is. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I like you come into the league on a team where you got a bunch of selfish guys, and let's be honest, you got a bunch of selfish guys on, on, on the Houston Rockets, man. Let's be real. Like Fred Van Vliet is he can pass the ball, but like he's not, you know, he's not a guy who's gonna be like, let me, you know, he he gonna shoot and, and sometimes miss seven, eight threes in a row. I've seen him do it. So it's just like I just feel like Jabari has a has a has an upside. He did go, he was drafted too high, but I feel like he is someone who has started to at different points this year show where he was last season, which is close to where he is. But it's like it's just a it's a different level of consistency. I feel like he's shown in terms of like improving on his 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 free throw shooting, his three point shooting. It's just the things you work at. This is only a second season. Like that's, I guess it's a crazy part, right? Like it's a second season, so we start to look at guys and be like, "Oh nah, oh nah." And if Apollo was on here, he'd probably say the same thing too. Because me and him had conversations about Jabari Smith. Not that Jabari Smith, like I said, gonna be some all star or nothing like that. Because I don't think 
80% of these guys is coming in going to be all-stars anyway. But I just think if given an opportunity to be on a team where he could become a solid focal point, like I'm watching him right now, and Jalen Green, just ISO, ISO to the, to the basket. Uh, you know, when Dylan Brooks get the ball, you know he's going to shoot it half the time. So it's like, where would he have an opportunity to go and, and get you 20, 20 and 10 on that team? Like, I hear you saying, like, oh, you can go get it. But it's not that easy when it comes to a team that's like he's not he's not the guy that's making all the money. Fred Van Vliet is making a lot of money. I think Jalen Green's making good money now, right? I can't I forgot. He just smoked the layup too. Yeah, like, he gas right, that yeah. man. Yeah. He just smoked a little bit layup. Well, I'm just saying. And then you got Dylan Brooks making well more than I thought he would he would get. I mean, it's just the Houston Rockets in general. That's a team I want to. That's a team I was kind of trying to segue into. Houston Rockets in general. I feel like their 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 best potential players are guys like Singoon and Jabari Smith because I just don't think Jalen Green's upside is that high. I don't think Dylan Brooks, Fred VanVleet, like I don't think you get nothing with them. Now some of the bench guys in Houston I actually like, but they're not gonna get that opportunity. So as far as Houston, I like Amen Thompson. I like Cam mm-hmm. Whitmore. They have yeah, other. They young have way players. more upside than Jabari Smith. Like way more. They're not gonna get that run though, because they, they're not, they're not, you know. What I'm saying, it, 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 will you draft to that? How hot, how high they hold them? I think, I think Tom well, got drafted fourth overall though. I thought like yeah, he if, should get some time eventually. He, I, I, I think he, I think he should absolutely get more time. I like him. But it's that Fred Van Vliet contract though. It, when you pay dudes, yeah, they they gotta play them. Like yeah. it's politics. That's the, that's my that's kind of what I was saying. Like I like the bench players. But it's like they're not gonna get the opportunity because you you've invested in a Jalen Green. Jalen Green's supposed to be your 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 star. Fred Van Vliet's supposed to be your your main veteran. Uh, Dylan Brooks supposed to be your enforcer. So it's like those opportunities for you know Thompson for uh, Cam Whitmore who Cam Whitmore is a bucket. You know he a bucket for real. Yeah, so yeah. it's like but you're not gonna see those guys get the 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 opportunities like they should. So that's why I feel like I said for Jabari Smith. I feel like he has the best opportunity because you're going to be in that starting lineup every night. Everybody else, you got to wait your turn. You got to sit on the bench. You got to, you got to play behind Dylan Brooks. You got to play behind, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like they're going to get that opportunity, but I guess, I mean, I guess we'll see Houston Rockets. They need something, man. Cause they not, they're on a one way ticket to nowhere. Truthfully, well, Houston Rockets. We the talked Rockets. about on our podcast who panel just briefly. Um, they should have accepted. Well, I don't even think it was Houston. Brooklyn should have accepted that deal from Kale Bridges. It was like Jalen Green, three first round picks from Kale Bridges or something like that. They should have did that. But you know, I think the interesting thing about that trade is that Kyle Bridges is like he's also to me the epitome of like good but not good enough. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like. I don't. I don't feel like he's a super ceiling, ceiling raiser for for a team unless you are like a, like a Celtics. If you if you took like a, I don't know who y'all got on the bench. X the Peyton Pritchard and, and, Peyton Pritchard, and yeah. Sam Hauser or somebody like that. If you took that and that maybe Al Horford's contract and and you traded it for Makai Bridges, then that moves me. But if you say we're gonna trade Jalen Brown for Makai Bridges, that's not gonna move you. Porzingis. That's not really gonna move. And if you like, it's like when people talk about yo, the uh, the Warriors should have got Wiggins, took Wiggins and, and traded him from Kyle Bridges. I'm like, 
that probably helps you in the, in the sense of like maybe you're scoring a little bit, but it doesn't raise your ceiling. Macau Bridges is just a guy I think, you know, like like everybody in Brooklyn, man. Everybody in Brooklyn, there's no there's no ceiling raises in that shit. There's no ceiling raises. That's why they where they are. Wait, was anybody here? It was somebody I talked to. I don't know if it was on here or if it was like somebody I just talked to in, in person. And they was like a Ben Simmons believer. And Ben Simmons has been playing and on the floor. He just ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and that man stinks, bro. Like, this is his last contract. I don't see how anybody offers him a deal after this. Um, the Nets, they have the darkest future in the NBA. They try and build around 28-year-old niggas. And they just lost by damn near 30 to Orlando tonight. Yeah, they got, they got cooked. Yeah, they, they got ain't got cooked. no young players outside of Claxton and Cam Thomas. They have no draft picks. Like, they're just treadmill teams stuck in the mud. I got one question, though. Um, do y'all think that Wemby is getting unfair treatment for his team's record? Because, like, I see one side to where people are like, yo, the stats he's putting up for his rookie year is crazy. Man, people are like, yo, it's not impacting winning, though. They only got 11, 12 wins. Like, fuck his stats. Like, what do y'all think about Wimby? Treat him like a rookie. Like, we don't we don't say that about any other rookie. Like, I don't I don't agree with that. Treat him like a rookie. Like, rookies lose. Don't no rookie make a team a 50-win team. It. I will say about the whole DPOY talks, no, I don't agree with that because your team has to be good in defense. They are... 28th in defense defensive player of the years make the defense top 10 like if we can go down the list of all the dpois i don't know about the the ben wallace you know i don't know about them but let's not let's not go i say like 2010 and up dpoy has made their their defense top 10 they've been on the top 10 that you don't like you don't get that award if you know your team's not good at defense too so yeah i just think he he's a rookie too like, yeah, he's generational. Yeah, we've oh never God. seen him before, but we have to treat him like a rookie. Like, it, it's just unfair. We, we can't do that. He's still a rookie. And he's he's lived up to it so far. So, well, we still have to treat him like a rookie, though. He's not. It's not like he's 25 and he's, you know, he's at his peak. Treat him like a rookie. That's how I feel about it. So, it's okay that they're losing. It's a little worrisome that they are worse than last year, but it's okay because it's his first year. Um, what do you think, Eric, or True? Oh, no, you know, Eric can go. I think, I, you know, Tay was right on with it. Um, I just don't know, you know, we don't hold rookies up to this standard, especially, I mean, they pick a number one for a fucking reason. They're picking number one. I mean, 12 wins is is extremely poor, but... He, I don't know how else you want the man to affect the game. Like he's he's in competition for defensive player of the year. He's he's scoring, getting to be to where he's scoring twenty a game. He's putting up highlights. He's close to a triple double player. You know, most nights. Like I I don't know. I don't know what else. You know, he's not a five year guy. He's not a six year guy. Why aren't they winning more? Like they picked number one. They were the worst, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. Added one great player who was, you know, started the season at 19 years old. I just don't think it 
think that it's it's fair to expect him stat stuff and to to translate to wins at this point in his career and life anytime soon. Yeah, the fact that he's gotten multiple five by five games, which for our listeners means Great. he got five or more in five different categories: points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. The fact that he's done that multiple times in his rookie year. That's insane. So I, I can't go for the uh, Wimby slander. I just cannot. Um, I think the problem is that people see rookies and a rookie of his caliber, and they think you're going to be what LeBron was to, to Cleveland. Um, you're going to be what Michael was to Chicago. You're going to be what um, Carmelo was to Denver, even. And I think when people think you talk about that, Wimby was never going to come in and fix the Spurs because the Spurs have several issues. One, Coach Pop does not even seem like he wants to be there half the time. <laughs> uh, secondly, their roster is not suited to win. There's like outside of Devin Vassell, that's, there's no other consistent, really consistent guys on that uh, on that roster. I think what Trey Jones, you could probably say he's he, he's solid. Elden you know, so. at times. Kelvin at times is like there's no consistency. So you're expecting a one in a, you know, uh, as Tay would say, a generational uh, prospect to come in and change their entire fortune when this is an organization that was built off of winning. So if they're not winning, I'm going to blame the organization and their their roster building and, and their coaching. And, and I know, you know, people don't like to put certain coaches with like, at some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, Coach Pop has not seemed interested in coaching basketball like that for the last few years. Mm. After the the DeJounte Murray years, it felt like it was just like he, he was barely there. And even then, with DeJounte Murray, they were barely holding water with that either. They were struggling there, too. So I think there is a – I think it's unfortunate that people are going to look at Wimby and act like Wimby is supposed to be this ultimate game changer. He's one man who doesn't even get to play sometimes more than 30 minutes. <laughs> you talk Which is about weird. Him. I don't understand that <laughs> shit either. And it's like, he's, you know, he's a freak of nature. He's a giant. He can get you seven, eight blocks a game. He can grab 10, 15 boards if he wants to. He can go score 25, 30. He can hit threes. He can do just about anything. He's, he's, his handle's still improving to be that big. So it's like, what more could you ask for from one guy if the rest of your team is not defending, if the rest of your team is going to look away from him when he's completely wide open at the basket, when he he put his, put his hand up to get the lob and you toss it to somebody else, that's not on him. I think we can revisit this conversation in two to three years. If they're still not winning, then you can maybe say he's not a winning player. But to say that in the first season, it's just ridiculous. But once again, that's the Spurs right now. Spurs getting a little, you know. I'm going to say, it. yeah, I'm going to say maybe a hot take. Greg Popovich is the NBA's version of Bill Belichick, man. Like when Timmy was there, he got them rings. He was cooking. He I had a nice take little... it all. You're yeah, you're right on with the parallels. Yeah, like Kawhi had him floating pretty well a little bit, but since Kawhi's left, which is what 2018, mm-hmm. he's had one play in appearance. Eventually, you can't keep riding on the coattails of your legacy. You done did great 
sometimes the game passes you by. Shit happens. But mm-hmm. I'm looking like, yo, some of these players, because he drafts these motherfuckers. Like he's he has a hand in drafting these players. This is all his vision. The game is kind of passing pop by, man. Like he's still all time great, but post Timmy, like how much was Timmy and how much was Popovich? I'm starting to look at it that way. They had a great roster during that time too. I think people kind of, you know, you're not gifted, uh, you know, having a David Robertson, David Robertson when you first come in, and then adding a Tim Duncan. And then a Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Yep, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili in that next generation. I mean, that was great roster on great roster on great roster. And Kawhi, yeah. And then you added Kawhi. And, and, I mean, I guess if you want to. 20 great years, bro. Straight up. 20 great years. Everything Everything comes comes to to an end. end. Yeah, Yeah. everything comes to an end. And and it's cool, though. You know, like I said, it's cool to think. The, they, they gifted Pop Wimby. <laughs> they kind of gifted Wimby, and he's 100%. still on the sidelines just looking like he, he just don't care. And I think if that's the case, I think – I thought people said uh, – because Pop, uh, he lost – That's crazy. Right? That would have been like Belichick going from Brady to Mahomes. Like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> you get these fucking two generational players. And they're, and they're, it's funny that you, you, you get Tim Duncan, which is – you know, to me, he's the best power forward ever. Ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was such a – like, there are elements to me of Wimby of, like, people thinking, well, when, you know, Tim came in, this and that happened, and this is how this and that went. But it's like, this is not the same situation. Yeah, so, like, David fucking the, Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't – The only reason they even got him was because they intentionally tanked because he was hurt. Before that, them yeah. niggas in the conference finals, like, what, the year before that? <laughs> Always in the playoffs because the yeah. average was, was just that, you know. And 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 I mean, even that that Spurs, even that Spurs team, you know, Vinny Del Negro and, and Sean Elliott and Vinny the Black Johnson. Yeah, you know. So they had a little, you know, they had they had a had a couple 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 guys on that squad too. So like the Spurs have have always had good teams and good uh success. It's just a situation where now they have no veterans. That's also an issue. You got a bunch of guys, and there's no real veterans. Like, you don't have a veteran that's won something, a veteran that's done something important, and, like, that helps. But why Leonard coming into a team with Tony Parker, um, you know, uh, you know Ginobili and, and, and Duncan, they basically helped shape him for his next step. You learn defense from, you know, from the best power forward of all time, you know, one of the greatest six men of all time, and, you know, a really talented point guard. You you don't get better teachers than that. I I liken that to kind of what Golden State's trying to do with the Kamingas and the you know well I, I guess the Moses Moody whenever he actually get to play, uh you know the pod, you know the pods and, and Trace Jackson Davis, it's like you have Steph Clay and Dre. You got um who else is who else is on and I guess Looney if you want put, if you want to put him in there because he's old now, but like. They have that to where you can it's, – it's a bridging the gap thing, which is why their season's turned around a bit. But it's like you 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 have a mix and a melt – like kind of a melting pot of young, old, and, and guys in the middle of their career like a Wiggins or a GP2 and stuff like that. So that's kind of the formula of what the Spurs would need with a Wimby. And if you just had that one veteran, I think it changes everything because now you're teaching them not just how to go out there and get, get stats and, and play great. Now you're teaching them how to win. 
But until they get that, and I think Pop would actually like it better if he had some veterans and all these young boys who, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look at some of them. Look at how they play. Look at some <laughs> of the mistakes they make. It's it's I can't imagine Pop's old ass watching that and being like, okay. Like that's not Yo, what you work I on. Don't even call, you remember how back in the day when they was fucking up, he'll call a timeout, it'd be like two zero. And he didn't yep. like the way they like he don't even do that shit no more. That's how you he know don't he care. don't care. <laughs> like, you, but if uh, I'm not mistaken, didn't Pop's wife pass away? Yeah, yeah. That changed yeah, a lot. So, he yeah, stopped being think, mean to the media and all that shit. Yeah, I, I, that 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 will that will break anybody. So, you know, I, like I'll give Pop grace on that, but it's just it's like if that's and I think maybe he's still coaching because you know it's hard, right? You lose the person yeah. you build a life with. You might not want to be home. You might want to be around, you know, on the road. So maybe that is it too. But if that's the case, you gotta kind of let the other the assistant coaches kind of get a little more run. You know, just just like it, it's hard. And I think with the Spurs, there's loyalty there, right? There's loyalty there for Pop because you got them all their chips, hundred percent. Yeah, you know. But it's like at some point, and I said this about Steve Kerr with the Warriors, just because this person helped coach you to success eventually once your your all-time roster and your and your players are gone you have to have a real conversation about what can we do with this person is it possible to you know still work with him can we move him kind of to the side or can we have the next coach up to come from him that we can have take over when he hangs it up and that's just not what they've done they've had a lot of people from Pops, you know, coaching staffs become coaches and successful, but it's just now it's like they don't have a like who's the successor in San Antonio? We don't know, and that's the problem right now. Mm. I think so. I guess, like I said, we'll see. It's the last question I have, like for the night, and I just wanted to ask True, mainly because you're in Atlanta, but Trey Young's gonna be out for a month, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw the game yesterday. Deontay Murray had like a 29-point triple-double, and the Hawks won big. It's clear they don't mesh well at all. If Murray has like a strong finish to this year and the Hawks have like a winning record, what do y'all think happens? I think like they still build around trade, but like do you think Murray gets traded? Do you think he gets re-signed? Like what do you think goes down with that? I think Trey's out of there. I think he's gone, and and I and I'm not and I'm not even speaking just on my perspective. So like you know, at night you know, I'm flicking through the channels, and they have a lot of the local sports news and sports stuff here. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what I've heard and what I hear is that Trey Young privately wants out of Atlanta. Wow. Now. Whether or not, you know, once again, that's just local media. You know how the beat reporters mm-hmm. and the writers are. You know how they are. So, so they could be spreading a rumor. And it could be the, the front office telling them we're going to trade him because his contract's pretty high. And and it makes more sense for us to get rid of him and maybe get somebody who can defend because we have a point guard in John T. Murray who is capable of defending. He just doesn't always do it all the time. But I I, I think if they wanted to trade John T. Murray, they would have traded him before the deadline. That's how I feel. And I think with Trey, Trey's name is popping up because the idea and the thought process amongst people here is that Trey can't, you can't win with him. 
he got lucky that one year mm. that, that they made the conference finals. I don't disagree with that because it was the, the 76 is what, what, three, two? And they just ruined, ruined, they just blew it. They just, they just choked away. So I think that's the idea. Um, being here in Atlanta, I can tell you, there's not a whole lot of pride in Atlanta Hawks, at least where I am. Uh, if you go downtown Atlanta, you'll see a little bit of it. But I've seen more, I've seen more Dejounte Murray jerseys this this year, this season, in the in the in the area than I have Trey Young. And once again, you go downtown, you probably see more Trey Young. But like in the residential areas, where you see, you know, it's nice outside. People got their jerseys on. I've seen the Dejounte Murray jersey. I've seen, I, st- I still see old John Collins jerseys, which I got questions about that. But um, yeah, I, I think Trey Young, I think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to because I think he wants out. And I think he wants to either play in Los Angeles or San Antonio, which is the rumor spots that they've talked about maybe. I think Clutch is smart enough to when they put stuff out, it's for a reason. They never do anything for no reason. So they're putting That's it right. out there. And they want it to be known. He's either going to play with Wimby or he wants to play with like LeBron and AD and stuff like that. I don't think the Lakers move makes sense because the Lakers need people who can defend. You have you have offense. You have scoring. You need people who can defend. So I don't know what that looks like. I think, if anything, you could see Trey Young in San Antonio. I don't know what that deal looks like, though. I think that'd be terrible. That'd be the worst thing that Spurs could possibly do. Like, absolutely. I don't. I don't disagree. I, it, it, it does not. It I does think not, him and Wemby would cook though. No, you know what Trey Young does to others. He's gonna hinder Wemby's game. He's not gonna get the ball as much. Victor's gonna be like Porzingis. He's gonna cap out at Kristaps Porzingis. That's what he's gonna be if he plays with Trey Young. And they're gonna win thirty-five games. And they're gonna do that for four years. And we'll have the same conversation again. Trey Young's off to another. He's a real team. point guard. That's what it is. Wimby needs a real point guard. Trey Young has the stats, but Trey Young is a scorer. That's what made Trey Young appealing. Was people was like, "Oh, he's like a little Steph Curry when he's shooting the ball." Like, okay, Lollipop here is not that. He is not that guy. Like, and I like he has games where you watch him, you're like, "Yo, he's great." This is awesome. He 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 just dropped forty and ten tonight. But how often can have we do we see that consistently? We don't. He's not in that upper echelon of players to me. And I think the idea is Wemby needs a second option, and Trey Young is willing to be that. Um, I don't. You know what? That that is a question. I, I'm I'm not gonna really get into it, but. That's a question, like, because we were just talking about Wimby and stuff like that. It's like, who who would benefit? What veteran would benefit Wimby, uh, if not Trey Young? And because the Spurs need to make a trade in this offseason, but who they trade for, we don't know. But I just think Trey Young is out of there. It's out of Atlanta. I don't think he likes it here anymore. You know, it's not enough. Why well, won't I won't? <laughs> I just want to go somewhere with that. No, I mean, ahead. it's mainly like he's had three different coaches down there. To be real, three different coaches. A lot of different supporting casts in and out. A lot of different second options. So I don't think Quinn Snyder likes him. I don't really? think he likes him. Hmm. I don't. I never really noticed that. What, what makes you say that? I think it's because Quinn Snyder has always been a defensive-minded coach. Yeah. 
And Trey Young is the exact opposite. Now Trey Young has slightly improved on his defense over the last. But I mean, if you had the bottom of the defensive rankings, there's really only one way to go, and that's up. So I think I th- I think Quinn Snyder looks at a Dejounte because Quinn Snyder wanted Dejounte Murray to stay. I know it came out later on, but I was hearing on the local news here that Quinn Snyder actively wants. DeJounte Murray to stay because he sees more potential. Because DeJounte Murray, like you said, he had a 29-point triple-double, but he's also getting other guys involved with it, too. And he's he, he attacks a little differently than Trey Young does. And he's not undersized like Trey Young. Also a thing. Quinn Snyder, five, yeah. You know, Quinn Snyder came from having, you know, outside of what, Mike Conley. But, I mean, he had size. He had you know, players playing for Utah that had some side. Donovan Mitchell, man, I'm not sure about that. Not maybe not, but it's like you. He he want, he sees a guy who can go out there. You have a six five point guard who can go out there and get you thirty, get you 10, 10 assists, and can you know defend when called for, and has a all defensive selection. And he can rebound too. Yeah, and That's he can no- rebound. Like it's just very rare you're gonna find that. And I think he's a cheaper. I think he's cheaper than Trey. Pretty sure. So. Yeah. If he's a cheaper option than Trey, then you go with the cheaper option. Also, with the with, we haven't seen the best of Dejounte Murray, I believe. So, we I think we may have seen the best of Trey Young. We don't know. So, it, it it's it's like a it's like a it's like a flip a coin thing, right? It's like you're not gonna win with either guy. That's just it. Atlanta Hawks ain't winning shit. We know that. But would you rather have a guy who will at least try on defense? has some defensive history. He can rebound the ball. He can pass the ball. He's gotten better with his shooting as well. So it's like you have to choose that. If you put a Jalen Johnson with a DeJounte Murray and then you hey, you, we move a Trey Young and add a couple more pieces, that could be a playoff team. Whereas if you keep Trey Young and you move a DeJounte Murray, that might not be the playoff team. You just don't know. You know what I mean? It's like who who has the higher upside? Like, Trey Young has went through multiple coaches. DeJounte Murray started under Coach Pop. He's learned a little bit of something. He hasn't necessarily shown all that consistently, but he has it. He has it there. And I think he, Quinn Snyder, sees something in DeJounte Murray. And now with Trey Young out, we're going to really, I think we're really going to see DeJounte Murray shine with Trey Young out for an extended period of time. And I think that's going to make the decision for the Atlanta Hawks to say, okay, we can move away from Trey. I don't think the Hawks gonna win, make going like a big winning streak, but they'll be more competitive in certain games. Cause everybody be coming here to get their shit off. Everybody come to Atlanta, Steph dropped 60, Luca has Luca has 71 here, some shit like that. Was yeah, 73. 73. <laughs> like people come here and they just they just cook, they just cook them and they can't do nothing. That slowed down a little bit. It slowed down a little bit since since I, you know, but that defense needs work. And Trey Young is not going to help the defense. So you got addition by subtraction, I guess. I think he's out of there, though. Is, is Trey Young for Luka the worst NBA trade in NBA history? Because I think I'm so. not going to say the worst. I think it's the, the absolute worst trade. In, we, we'll in we'll have to dig, on, dig into that on the episode, yeah, do a little that's more another research. Episode. It's the You're still talking no. all-star for no. all-star. Like, come on. No, but there Trae was Young made the conference tiers. finals before Luka. So? So nah, it's I, been worse I'm, trades, man. Nothing. We can't go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, no, I'm, no we can't go down the rabbit hole, but we will because that's come on now. 
It's bad. It's bad. But I mean, there's there's a worse one in that draft. Well, they didn't trade him, but you know, the Kings took Bagley over fucking Luca, and everybody mocked Luca to the Kings. Ooh, ooh, I forgot that. Yeah, some of us, some some of us from from Northern California can never forget it because we see it when we close our fucking eyes at night. Uh, but wait, wait, now real quick question: What do you think Luca would have looked like with the the Kings though? Kings at that time. time. <laughs> Terrible. Now the Kings right now with Mike Brown and maybe you know that might be different. That would be that would be a championship team if they if their roster is the same as constructed and you maybe get rid of say a Keegan Murray maybe somebody like that and they had Luca with De'Aaron Fox. And yeah, Luca and De'Aaron would be nasty. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nasty. You can't stop. You there's nobody. There's no way you can stop that. But what ifs, right? The what ifs. What ifs. Well, we're not doing addition by subtraction here on DA Sports Media. We are doing addition by addition sooner than later. So be on the lookout for that. Again, if you're trying to do some NHL, some MLB coverage, hit us up. We've got some other ideas in the the cooker. And uh, might have some exciting news for the pod sooner than later. Thank you all for joining us here. Remember, we are expanding worldwide. So now, more than ever, the world of DAR never stops. Check this out. The killer crossover. What's up, what's up, what's up? The second down. You like my hat? Three. Jordan on the drive. Jam. Did someone say jam session? Session. Here comes your crowd. Two, one, liftoff. Hold on, folks. Buckle up.